Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering the Houston Texans every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports Sky Hickman, your Locked On Texans analyst. Today's episode will consist of the continuation of our position breakdowns. And today we are focusing on the wide receiver group. And, and I'm not going to say a lot to be excited about, but I think with the addition of the new wide receiver coach, Robert Prince, we should be expecting some big improvements from a wide receiver that I'm happy to see under, um, who will be coached under Prince moving forward if he's still around, I think he will be. But before we get into the wide receiver breakdown and looking at the newcomers and who we have on the roster, longtime Texans executive Jamie Roots resigned from his position as team president yesterday. And this news was coming for a very long time. In the statement, Roots said, the past two decades have been an amazing blessing for me and my family, and I have the McNair family to thank for that. He continued by saying, it has been an honor to serve them in this capacity for as long as I have. Roots has spent 20 years with the organization and was responsible for all business functions of the club. Roots stepping down and equipment manager getting fired and Amy Palchik getting fired because she's no longer a cultural fit. And remember, Jamie Roots, brought, he bit the bullet on that. Like He took up for... He basically put himself in the fire for that. And I believe that was because he's an honorable guy. Um, but we know that a lot has transpired in the last two years. And Roots did not like the direction of the Texas organization with Executive Vice President Jack Easterby and how things was going. And Roots' input on the new general manager hire was not valued or counted according to sources that told ESPN. Um, and here's my opinion on the matter. Jamie did his job every year, like every year, and the Texans' value and worth grew partially due to his leadership on the financial side. Uh, in 2020, before the season really got kicked off, the Texans had a 6% jump from the year prior. So he did his job, but Jamie just couldn't get over being asked to do something outside of his job, putting in the work, and then being blatantly disregarded, just like Andre Johnson. Roots made it clear a while ago that he was stepping away from the organization. So this has been news for a very long time, all while promoting his leadership book. Like he has a book out right now about being a leader in leadership. So, I, you know, I, I, I watched the Denzel movie over the weekend. It's the little things. And I think you're stepping away, promoting a book about leadership. It's the little things that we make skip over. And I think that's a direct shot to, what's actually going on with this organization. But he's been with the team for 20 years. 20 years. Like any other time, this would be okay for somebody to step away because you were with an organization in the NFL for two decades. He did a great job, but it's another case of why fill in the blank is being fired or leaving after the arrival of Jack Easterby. So what we have to do now is just add him to the list of names and expect more to either follow or to be added to the list of guys that are fired. Uh, due to no longer being a cultural fit. It sucks, and I want to put emphasis on he was in this position for 20 years. So it, it's, it's still mind-boggling to me that they're letting go of people in the sake of trying to change the direction 
while chasing championships. Like this is what's coming out of the organization. Uh, this is what's happening. Nick Casario saying this, Cal McNair saying this, but how are you really going to be able to chase championships when now you're going to start affecting the money side of the business? And I hope whoever they bring in understands that fans are pissed off. Uh, if Deshaun Watson is traded, they're not going to want to go to the game. Some people are already boycotting due to Jack East to be, and you just let go of somebody that had great relationships. And I mean, amazing relationships with people around the NFL, around the league, and in the city of Houston. So it's gonna be it's gonna be funny to see how all of this plays out. John, when all of this first started, what did I say was going to be the number one factor in affecting Cal Magnair? His business, correct? <laughs> so once again, just like I said in my tweet when the news broke, I find it very hard to believe that this man will let a so-called pastor ruin his organization. And I'm not going to spend too much on this news because at the end of the day, we all know why Jamie is leaving. But I do want to say this for the fans out there who's listening. Not only are you going to see a change on the field, but nine times out of 10, you're going to see a change when it comes to fan engagement. You know, prior to the 2020 season, regardless of how good or how bad the Texans won or lost, it was always an event to go to these Texans game. And Jamie was the heart and soul of that fan engagement that you guys experienced. Now that he's gone, I don't know how in the hell the Texans are going to recover from this. And not to mention, they're also trying to fix the relationship with Deshaun Watson. I wouldn't necessarily say he was the heart and soul. I think the fans of this organization, of this team, are the heart and soul. But I, I find it funny you mentioned that, and I found a funny tweet earlier from at Manny Fresh 25. He said, y'all are going to be pissed when Easterby turns tailgating into a pregame church service. He's going to cut out all of the riffraff and only allow KSBJ to blare from speakers. And I think that's funny. I, I, I don't think it'll get to that point, but I think it's funny that people are really seeing like how things are actually going to start going in the sense of imagining Jack East to be running everything. I also saw something that was funny as well. Sooner or later, in a couple of years, if things keep going the way they are, Jack East to be and Calvin Nair are going to have to learn playbooks. They're going to have to learn schemes. They're going to have to learn situations. They're going to have to learn how to run an NFL franchise on the field because they may just have everybody scared to come to town. If nobody wants to come here and you're going to have to deal with, you know, backups or guys who are rejected, whether at the coaching level or playing level, it's going to be funny to just see how they're going to handle this. Because one thing I know about it, man, this isn't TV evangelism. This ain't, this ain't that game. This is the NFL. The NFL is a religion in itself. Football is a religion in itself. And you're in the state of Texas. People and fans are not going to accept that for very long. And the players are not going to come here if this is what you're putting out there. It's not like this is a secret anymore. No, no, everybody's kind of locked in on what's been happening in this organization for a very long time. So, but enough of that. Tired of talking about what's going on in the front office, even though there's very important news. Today we have our position breakdowns and we're going to be discussing the wide receiver group. And why that group is very important, we will be able to see some growth under Robert Prince. I believe so. 
I'm also excited to tell you guys that BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football may be over. However, we got the NBA, got college basketball, got the NHL. They're all in full swing right now. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of Black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. Don't miss this week's episode featuring Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discussing the opportunities and challenges that come with being a Black woman in sports. There's a new episode coming next week, so go ahead and subscribe to Locked On Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network, Cody Davis Johnson, Sports Guy Hickman. I believe we can all agree that the wide receiver core might have been the biggest letdown of the season. At times, they were good, and at times, they were damn good, especially when you consider the fact that Kiki QT and Chad Hansen stepped up towards the end of the season. However, when you go back to the start of the year, let's say we take a trip back to July or August, and we go back to how we bought into the lies that we were fed by Bill O'Brien following the departure of DeAndre Hopkins, it is fair to say that now looking back on that in hindsight, that all of that that was being said is far from the truth. And it's unfortunate because I kind of feel like this wide receiver court did not get a fair opportunity to live up to those standards. Why? Because... Every time it seemed like they were getting in a rhythm, something happened. You look at Will Fuller. This man was on the verge of having a career season, got busted for PEDs, suspended for six games. Randall Cobb, after a slow start, it finally looked like he was starting to find his rhythm with this organization. He goes out for the rest of the season with a toe injury. And even Brandon Cooks, a guy who was by far the Texans' best receiver this year, with the exception of Will Fuller now because he was suspended, he became the first receiver not named DeAndre Hopkins nor Andre Johnson to record over 1,000 receiving yards. And even he had some problems this year finding his rhythm with the team. And I believe he missed one or maybe two games with a neck injury. And then, of course, there's Kiki QT and Chad Hansen. Like I said, those guys, I mean, we did not know how good they could be until what the last three, four games of the regular season. John. When you look back at this 2020 season and you look at this wide receiver core, how would you assess it? You know, you call it a letdown, and I think the letdown was only due to the expectations that was set up by the coaching staff, like you mentioned. But I think we saw some good things out of it. I think when we look at the arrival, the late big play of Brandon Cooks, I like that. I like that because, for one, Brandon Cooks made it clear he did not want to be traded anymore. Um, and then right after that, he went on a very great streak of putting up big numbers. Didn't result to wins, but a lot of the big things Houston did, like Deshaun Watson's big games, didn't always result to big numbers. I mean, to wins. Um, but we saw a lot out of him to make us believe that he can be a dominant number two receiver in this league. And at times, on any given Sunday, he can be a great number one for your team, depending on matchups. And a lot of top corners, they struggle with smaller, shifty, 
speedier guys, and he's one of those. We even saw the progression of Will Fuller. Now, I'm going to stop there. Uh, Brian Cushion was suspended for PED use twice. Brian Cushion is the strength and conditioning coach for this team, at least last year. I don't know what his role would be moving into the next season or if he will be around. But it's funny that in Will Fuller's biggest year, I mean, Will Fuller was on track to put up some crazy numbers for Houston. And Fuller was on track to have such a big year to the point that PPF graded him as the ninth best receiver this past season with a 82.6 player grade. That's how big and that's how good of a season Will Fuller was having. Exactly. And, you know, he missed five games. And at the time he went out, he had 879 yards. That actual week, he was number five in receiving yards at the time with eight touchdowns. And remember how explosive and great he was for Deshaun Watson in those second halves. And so Will was putting up a very great season for everybody to say, okay, maybe the absence of DeAndre Hopkins was needed for Will Fuller and of course a healthy season, but then he gets hit with the PED use and he's also going to be out for at least one game next year to start the season. And Houston wants him back. But that was very alarming to me because I thought to myself, for one, Brian Cushing should not be a strength and conditioning coach. If you go off his history, that's not where his occupation should actually be because you should think to yourself, at some point, what would he put in our player's head to get over the edge and will it come back to bite us? And it has before with Cushion himself. Since reports are since high school, but we know about at least since his USC days. But nonetheless, the wide receiver group wasn't too much of a disappointment because of the quarterback that they have. And I think each wide receiver that we saw, whether they were newcomers or already on the team, had big moments for Houston. Randall Cobb had a 95-yard game and a touchdown early in the season. Brandon Cooks, like I mentioned, he was ripping it up. Will Fuller had great games. And even Kiki QT, whenever he got back on the field, he was able to post some games over 100 yards. I think collectively as a unit, that's where the wide receiver group can get better exploiting defenses all at one time. And it'll be hard to do that when you have Will Fuller who missed the last five games of the year. And so now you were expecting more out of Brandon Cooks. And then Kenny Stills is out, you released him. And so now you're expecting more out of Kiki QT when he got the playing time. What I'm getting at is I would like to see this wide receiver group dominate games all at one time. And it's very possible. It's very possible because we would see Kansas City Tyreek Hill have a great game. And then in that same game, we would see McCole Hartman have a breakout game. Or we would see Robinson have a breakout game or throw in anybody. So I would like to see this wide receiver group win all together instead of one game this player's going off, the other game this player's going off. And we only saw that really one time. And that was with Chad Hansen and Kiki QT, right? When they both had over 100 yards. And that was a great game for them. But moving forward, I would like to see this wide receiver group win more. But I, overall, I want to see Isaiah Kotler actually in this upcoming season get some more time on the field. I think every rookie, like Bill O'Brien mentioned last year, every rookie was affected by the coronavirus. The entire league, I mean, unless you were like Justin Herbert or some of those type of guys who were just primed and ready for the NFL, he struggled, especially here in Houston. So I, I like where I like where Houston is going with this wide receiver group. 
You have a, a fast, shifty player like Brandon Cooks. They're going to bring back Will Fuller. Uh, at least they want to. They, they may franchise tag him. You have a little bit more taller, faster guy who can burn you. And then you have a Kiki QT who can just do a lot throughout the middle of the field. And I like that. And, John, let me ask you this question. How much of the success that you saw from this wide receiver core was just basically due to the fact that Deshaun Watson was putting together a MVP season? Because think about it. Going into the next segment, we're going to talk about where do the Houston Texans go from here moving forward. You have to consider the fact that there is a good possibility that next season, yes, this same wide receiver core can come back. But if they don't have Deshaun Watson throwing in the ball, I do not think none of these guys, especially a guy like, I'm sorry, I hate to say it, QT and Chad Hansen, I don't think none of those guys are going to be able to live up to the promise that they showcased this season. I've always been big on Brandon Cooks, and Brandon Cooks have always had great hands. He's always been able to win at the line of scrimmage. He's always been able to get behind defenses, and so has Will Fuller. So they've both been able to get behind defenses and win with their speed, and they both, you know, can catch. But going back to your point, Brandon Cooks has also played his career with Tom Brady. Brandon Cooks has also played his career with Drew Brees. He has also played his career in what was at least a good season for Jared Goff. You got to take all this into consideration. Yeah, but I think what we need to look at is the hiring of Robert Prince. Like, we need to understand that there is a – I'm going to ahead and say his name. Kiki QT is the player that I am looking forward to under his coaching, under his guidance. And so that's what we're going to talk about next. How can Robert Prince help this wide receiver group expand and get better? With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost 353 99 at advance a big chain store but it only costs 216.79 at rockauto.com chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and it does not require a membership or account login go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how do you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Thursdays on Locked On NFL are a must-listen as Ryan Tracy and Jake Liskow break down teams across the NFL from analytics and team-building perspectives. Get your expert analysis on your favorite teams from Ryan and Jake every Thursday. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. 
As we look ahead into the future on where the Houston Texans should go with their wide receiving core, look, I had a lot of promise on where they could go in the future, but because what's going on with Deshaun Watson right now, it kind of throws a monkey wrench into the whole plan. However, John McClain on yesterday was on Sports Radio 610, and he announced that the Houston Texans does plan to re-sign Will Fuller to a long-term contract. And if the two parties cannot agree on a contract, then the Texans will franchise tag him. And the franchise tag for Will Fuller this season will be $16 million. And to be honest with you, John and listeners, I'm not going to lie. I do want Will Fuller to return as a Texan. I'm pretty sure you guys already know that, especially you guys who have been listening to the show every single week. However, if Deshaun Watson isn't here, I don't think it's a good fit anymore. And I say that because why would you put yourself in a position where you're betting on a guy who has never played a full season since his rookie year? He's always battling through injuries. And then the one time that he showcased the potential to be healthy and, and the potential to be one of the top receivers in the league, he gets busted for PEDs. So me personally, I'm not too sure how that is going to fit if Watson isn't here. However, I do want to mention everyone knows that Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson has a very close relationship. In fact, towards the end of the season, when Deshaun Watson was asked about Will Fuller's pending free agency, he said, and I quote, it is very important to make sure that that man is back into a Texan uniform. However, that was before everything between Watson and his organization went straight to hell. If if you're going to... And I disagree. If you're going to bring in a new quarterback, get that quarterback a number one receiver. And uh, Will Fuller has never posted a thousand yards in this league, but he's been the Texas number one receiver. Well, he was a Texas number one receiver last year until he went out. And he's been with his organization. And I think Will Fuller and the team would be a good fit, regardless of who would be the quarterback. You have to if it's going to be a young quarterback, you get him somebody he can just launch the ball to. Uh, that's my opinion on that. I want to look at Robert Prince and how he has been able to get receivers to the next level. January 25th, 2014, Robert Prince was named the receiver coach for the Detroit Lions. Golden Tate, who was in the league for uh, four years, he had never posted a thousand yard season. His first year with Robert Prince, he was a pro bowler and had 1,300 yards. During the 2019 season, Prince helped guide wide receiver Kenny Galladay to his second 1,000-yard season after almost having 1,200 yards that year, becoming the first player in franchise history to record two 1,000 seasons in their first three years. Not even the great Calvin Johnson did that. This guy understands how wide receivers work in the NFL. He also understands how to get them to a next level to affect the offense. And Kiki QT is the one guy that I would love to just see at least one season of this team not giving up on him under this tutelage because he is one of those X-factor players. Do I think Kiki QT is a 1,000-yard receiver in this league? No, not necessarily. But I think he's a receiver that can get you to 850, 910 receiving yards, uh, between six to seven touchdowns and can have games where he completely takes over like we saw his rookie year in the playoffs. He's very shifty. His issue has been fumbling, but his biggest issue is not having the trust of the organization and coaching staff behind him. And so we're getting a new regime in the front office, like we mentioned early in the show, and on the coaching staff. And Prince is one of those guys where 
he's for one, he's been in the organization that has been stuck in a rut for 20 years. Like Detroit has been Detroit for 20 years. And he was able to still have some great production out of his players. Even when he got a very good Golden Tate, helped Golden Tate get to the 1,300-yard mark in his first Pro Bowl. So I'm looking at Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks has been a Pro Bowler in this league. I'm looking at Will Fuller. I think we understand what Will Fuller is if he is healthy. But Kiki QT is the X-Factor wide receiver on this team that I would love to see get to that next level. And I believe Robert Prince is the man to do it. And I also would like to see him build that confidence and relationship within Isaiah Kotler. Drafted last year, didn't see any real significant time on the field. A lot of fans wanted to see him on the field. I think he has an ability to play in this league. Just was a crazy year for rookies, as I mentioned, across the board for Houston. And so he's one of those players where let's get him a coach that has a very great success rate in the league at his job, allow him to grow as an NFL player and see where it takes us, if I'm Houston at least. And everything that you mentioned about QT, that is the main reason why I feel that it might be in the Texans' best interest if Deshaun Watson is not here to let Will Fuller walk. Because if they don't and Fuller is still here, that will automatically place QT as the third receiver on this team, maybe fourth, because I'm not too sure if they're going to be able to move on from Randall Cobb this offseason. And the only thing that's going to do is put the Texans in a situation where you and I come here on Locked On Texans after every single game and say, where is QT? Why isn't QT getting any type of playing time? And the only thing that is going to do is hinder his progression that we saw him make in the 2020 season. Because we actually got a taste of what QT can do as, let's face it, as the second receiver. We only got a taste, and I want to see that continue to develop. And you can also say the same thing for Isaiah Coulter as well. If Fuller is still here, that is another guy who's not going to have the opportunity to touch the field on game days. Yeah, but one thing we know about the Texans and the NFL in general Things happen, right? Like, we didn't see Will Fuller getting suspended. A lot of us were blindsided. Uh, we didn't see Randall Cobb missing that significant time after signing that three-year contract, right? We didn't see Kenny Steele's getting released because he was followed. But we didn't see a lot of these things happening. And so you're always going to need the next man up. And, and Robert Prince... I have confidence in his coaching ability to make sure that the next man up will be ready to succeed in this offense with or without Deshaun Watson. David Cully is putting together a very good staff, and, and I, I have to commend him on him and Nick Sirio. I have to commend them on the job they're doing collectively to, in my eyes, this is my opinion only, they're covering their own ass. You have a great staff as Watson is here. You have a great staff as Watson is not here. And in that great staff, you have coaches that have been proven to help younger players in the NFL get to another level. Kenny Galladay in Detroit, Robert Prince. Pep Hamilton, the success he was able to have with Justin Heber last year. Andy Bischoff and how he's coached, you know, a great one-two punch in, in Baltimore. He's, he's been successful. So they, they're putting together a staff that if Watson is here, great. Like we're going to be able to have improvement, at least from what we think we will see, at the other areas that may have lacked before. If Watson isn't here, 
great. We still have good coaches that will be able to coach up the players that we're going to have in the building on the 53-man roster. So we may disagree with the hiring of both positions, GM and head coach, but they're doing a great job. I'm John Some Sports Guy Hickman. Thank you for checking out the show today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on all of the major podcasting platforms and the radio.com app. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.